Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts, especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributors. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. The scriptures this morning is from Matthew 13, but I'm going to read them at the near the end instead of right now. So, um, And I'm going to jump around in the chapter a little bit. So you can have it open if you like, um, kind of following along, but, um, but I will jump around. So I think that I want to title this message, Mary Poppins and the Kingdom of God. Quite unfortunately, due to time constraints, I will not lead us in singing all of the wonderful songs <laughs> from the movie Mary Poppins. I could do that. I'm the one giving the message. But <clears throat> I'm not going to. It's one of the first films I remember seeing as a child. The movie came out in 1964 when I was four years old. And from the very first moments, I was transfixed as the camera panned over the rooftops and spires of London at night and the orchestral music swelled, and I loved it. I loved it. And I learned all of the songs from Mary Poppins very quickly and sang them. Derek, in fact, knows even now, 51 years later, how apt I am to burst into a song from Mary Poppins at the slightest provocation. <laughs> Mention a chimney, you know, I mean, See some birds, <laughs> some hungry looking birds. So I guess Mary Poppins is my Harry Potter. And if you want to re-experience the magic, even of those first few moments of the film, it is on YouTube. I did learn all the songs, Chim Chimney and Feed the Birds Tuppence a Bag, and especially Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, yes. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Thank you, thank you. That makes me feel so good. <laughs> you know, you can say it backwards, which is docious aliexpialisticfragicalarupus. But that's going a bit too far, don't you think? <laughs> well, you can imagine me as a four-year-old. <laughs> Not that different from where I am today. I even really, I wanted to be Julie Andrews when I grew up. Um, I love the world of Mary Poppins for many reasons. Largely, I think, because it was mysterious and magical and full of surprises. Mary Poppins flew in on the east wind into the home of Jane and Michael Banks at 17 Cherry Tree Lane in London and turned their world upside down. 
She was cheerful but firm, empathetic, and challenging. She used fun as a way to get things done, to create order out of chaos. I mean, how amazing would it be to get your whole house cleaned up just by singing, right? That's a dream of mine. It doesn't work quite so well at my house, but it worked at Jane and Michael's house. Singing about sugar, no less. But my pages are out of order. That's where we are. So the world of Mary Poppins was a world where things didn't happen in the way that they usually do. And what I really want to explore about this this morning, since we're not going to sing all of the songs, is how this is like the kingdom of God. How the kingdom of God turns our expectations upside down and inside out in rather a supercalifragilisticexpialidocious kind of way. I'm not sure just why the kingdom of God has been on my mind quite a bit lately. It's an odd-sounding phrase to us here in the 21st century in America. And it's not all that easy to pin down even when you're familiar with that phrase from reading the New Testament. For one thing, kingdom is a patriarchal term. It sticks in my craw a little bit because of that. It helps when I think of it as the reign of God R-E-I-G-N, or the realm of God instead of the kingdom of God. To me, the realm of God is where God is in, char- is in charge. It means the way the world is run if God gets to do what God wants to do, or maybe the route that we take when God is our GPS. Maybe the realm of God has been in my thoughts recently because of where we are at West Hills Friends right now. We're growing in numbers. We're renewing our commitment to be welcoming and affirming. And to me, this means much more than just welcoming LGBTQ people. And in the aftermath of the decision made by the Northwest Yearly Meeting Elders, we're asking, what's next? What does God want us to be in this place at this time? Is something new afoot? We can come up with a lot of answers to these questions. We can generate many, many really good ideas about how to use our collective time and energy and resources and care. And yet, as Quakers, we are called not to first make a list of all our good ideas. We're called first to stand still in the light. This is not such an easy thing to do. The early Quakers gave us the image of the inward light, and this image was at the center of their faith. They held that in every human soul, in every human soul, there is implanted a certain element of God's own spirit and divine energy. They called this element that of God in everyone, 
the seed of Christ or the seed of light? In the late 1600s, the Quaker Robert Barclay wrote, God has communicated and given to every person a measure of the light of God's own Son, a measure of grace, or a measure of the Spirit, which the Scripture expresses by several names, as sometimes of the seed of the kingdom, the light that makes all things manifest, or makes all things clear, and the Word of God. They went very deep into this concept of the light and that everyone had the light within. These phrases, and especially seed of light, take me back to the pictures that Jesus paints through parables in many of his teachings. And Matthew 13 is rich with these images of the kingdom of God. Matthew uses the phrase, the kingdom of heaven, And I'm going to read the chapter using the term, the realm of God. So I'm going to read some of these parables and skip around the chapter a little and leave some space so that the images can sink in. Maybe one image in particular will catch your attention. Hold on to that one and see where it takes you. From Matthew 13. Jesus told them a parable. The realm of God is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it to my barn. Once again, the realm of God is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. Jesus told them another parable. The realm of God is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The realm of God is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough.
The realm of God is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a woman found it, she hid it again, and then in her joy she went and sold all that she had and bought that field. Again, the realm of God is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Then he said to them, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the realm of God is like the owner of a house who brings out of her storeroom new treasures as well as old. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. Friends, there is mystery here. In the world of these parables, the way things operate is different from the way they operate when we are left to our own devices. The Spirit of God has a way of blowing in on the east wind and turning our expectations upside down. In the realm of God, we can't tell by looking at someone else, whether they're the good wheat or the bad weeds, the good fish or the bad fish, Jesus tells us to leave that kind of judgment up to God. In the realm of God, great transformation spreads from the smallest measure of yeast, the tiniest of seeds, but the Spirit persistently works until the result is unrecognizable, a loaf of warm bread, a tree full of singing birds. In the realm of God, it is worth joyfully spending all we are and all we have to gain the precious pearl, the hidden treasure. So right now in this moment, which of these images catches your attention? With God as your GPS, how might your life, how might our collective life be different? What do you sense the Spirit is doing, perhaps secretly, silently, pervasively among us here at West Hills Friends as we wait together in the light.